Today's gospel kind of compels me to address the issue of marriage and divorce, but I'm caught in a quandary because recent events in Oregon compel me to address the issue of human dignity. At the Umpqua Community College in rural southern Oregon, Christians were singled out for execution by a man who took advantage of the gun-free zone of the school where he and his victims attended. He violated the law by entering the college campus and the classroom armed to the teeth. His victims obeyed the law and were utterly defenseless. He asked them, are you Christian? They said, yes. He said, good, because you're Christian. You're going to see God in just about one second. And then he shot them dead. The names of those who were murdered because they were followers of Christ were Lucero Alcarez, age 19, Quinn Cooper, age 18, Kim Dietz, age 59, Lucas Eibel, age 18, Jason Johnson, age 33, Lawrence Levine, age 67, Serena Moore, age 44, Trevin Onspach, age 20, and Rebecca Carnes, age 18. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of the names, but may the Lord bring them into the fullness of life. And may the Lord comfort their loved ones and their community as the dreadfully sad process of burying the dead begins. Some in our media and some among our political leadership have shamefully refused thus far to acknowledge that the victims were shot because they were Christians. This deafening silence of our media and our politicians makes all Christians in this country targets. Why? Silence always gives consent to evil. Silence always gives consent to evil. And I simply cannot help but think that if these victims had been put to death because they were Muslims or atheists, the media and our politicians would be howling. They'd be stumbling all over each other in righteous indignation. We should not be surprised when, if, we see more of such killings take place. It is increasingly clear that neither our culture nor our political leadership respects Christianity in the world in general or in our country in particular, nor does it consider Christians worthy of protection. It would be prudent for Christians to take all reasonable and legal measures to protect ourselves, our loved ones, each other, our houses of worship, 
and our institutions from unjust aggressors. And while the Gospel text today addresses the tragedy of a failed marriage, it does, I believe, have something to say about the evils we inflict on others. When the Lord is asked by the Pharisees, is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife, they were being deceitful. They knew that the law had no provision whatsoever for divorce. Now, various rabbinical schools offered an array of opinions. Some argued that a man could put his wife away for something as simple as burning the dinner. Others argued that a man could divorce his wife only on the grounds of proven adultery. With rare exceptions, divorce spelled disaster for the woman. If she could not enter into another marriage, or if her family would not take her back into their home, she was often reduced to either begging or prostitution to make a living. And so Jesus is being tested, and he's essentially being asked, yo, Jesus, what side are you on? What's your opinion? Well, Jesus revealed the side that he is on, the side he's always on, the side he calls you and me this morning to be on, that of his Father. Isn't it amazing how often we will hear people say, God is on our side? How rarely, however, do we hear people say, we want to be on God's side. But this is where Jesus wants to lead the Pharisees and where he wants to lead us, on his Father's side. Jesus confronted the Pharisees with truth. Divorce was granted by Moses because of a terrible condition we alone are responsible for, we bring on ourselves a condition that slowly erodes and then destroys our humanity and the humanity of others. Hardness of heart, he calls it. The expression hardness of heart in the Greek of the gospel is sclerocardia, Sclerocardia, two words, scleros, which means hard, but it also means dry, stubborn, and most importantly, perverse. Cardia means heart, which for the ancients and for Jesus was not just an organ of the body, but the very soul the intellect, passions, and the will of a person. In short, the entire person that one chooses to be. That is cardia. The message. A person can become dry, hard, and perverse. One can choose to be a total distortion of all that God made one to be. Jesus, who is the compassion of God in the flesh, called his ancient listeners and us this morning, whenever faced with tragedy that comes from human failure, 
to go back with him to where? The beginning of creation. Jesus is quoting from the Bible. Which book? Genesis. Thank you. The other maths didn't get that one. But Jesus quotes with an authority that no biblical scholar could. Why? Because he is the Son of God. Because he has always been one with the Father. Jesus, as Son of God, knows how creation took place. He was with the Father before creation. He was with the Father during creation. And he was with the Father after creation. The very word, in the beginning... In Hebrew, Berashith is a loaded word. It reveals that God is the author of time, but is himself completely outside of time, beyond all dimensions of time and space. It also tells us that God created out of nothing. In fact, the Hebrew word to create, bara, is unique because it is used solely in reference to God. Only God creates. You don't, I don't. Now, man can make stuff. We make lots of stuff. But we need other stuff to make the stuff with. We can manipulate matter and energy. We're geniuses at it. You want proof? How many have a cell phone on them? That is the genius of manipulating matter and energy. But only God can bring matter and energy into existence from nothing. And it is only God who sustains in existence what he creates. Man, therefore, is not the master of creation. But he is graced to care for creation in all of its aspects, most especially the dignity of human life. And to underscore this fundamental truth, Jesus uses a bit of a quote from Genesis. The whole text says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. But what the heck does it mean to say that you and I and every human being is made in the love and the image of God. Every human person is a moral being who possesses an infinite worth, and each is endowed with the capacity to protect that worth in oneself and in others. In the context of our gospel reading, the husband is called to protect the dignity of his wife, and in doing so, he protects his dignity. The wife is called to protect the dignity of her husband, and in doing so, she protects her dignity. And the failure to do so is a perversion that creates tremendous suffering in the lives of so many. In the context of the mass killing at Umpqua Community College, murder is the most unhuman act possible. It was the act of one dried up of his own dignity, hardened against the dignity 
of others. The murderer chose to be a perversion of the being that he was created to be. And he unleashed all that self-hatred, all that self-loathing on the innocent. When faced with the tragedies of human failure and the sins that flow from our failures, the Lord constantly calls us to go back to the beginning to see the dignity that we are each created with, a dignity we are each called to support and defend in the other. If as believers we have not been politically active, that we have not brought forth the values of our faith into the public arena for discussion and for dialogue, to protect human dignity, now is the time to get involved. If as believers we have committed the sin, I say this clearly, the sin of silence about the evils we see in our society for fear of government, for fear of retaliation from the politically correct, and Lord knows they're powerful, now is the time for courage, for bold speech, and even bolder action. If as believers we have found ourselves becoming sclerocardia, hardened of heart, hardened, dried, and sense the perversion of what God has created us to be, now is the time to repent, to go back to the beginning and rediscover our hope and our strength. 